This is James Walker. Welcome to Real Talk, Real People. This is the podcast that turns the mic over to everyday people to hear what they have to say about the issues and problems we face as a society. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We're very excited about our next guest. She is truly an accomplished woman. She is one of the cooks who was invited to the White House lawn when Michelle Obama launched her Let's Move campaign. And she has taken her culinary skills and she has taught people to cook in places, in schools all around New York. I'm in South the South Bronx and in Harlem, and she has since moved here to Connecticut, and she's doing the same thing here in Fairfield County. Let's get her on the show and find out why Michelle Obama thought so highly of this cook that she invited her to participate in the campaign that she kicked off to help get healthy food into children's bodies. Let's hear what she has to say. My name is Raquel Rivera. And you are a very accomplished cook. I've read a little bit about your background. You were there um, with Michelle Obama on the White House lawn when she launched her movie campaign. Uh, you've cooked in schools in Harlem and the South Bronx. Now you're here in Fairfield County doing your thing. Um, when How did all this start for you? It started through a friend who invited me uh, to a cooking class in New York City. I'm originally from New York. Okay. Um, and I she ended up having to work late, leaving me behind in a cooking class. And I fell in love with it. There was just something, I, you know, a lot of times we follow a recipe and we don't learn the why behind things. Right. So anytime you get the whys, it's life changing. Right. Um, so I started, you know, um, volunteering. I volunteered with City Harvest, which is food rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did um, uh, the Cooking Matters curriculum, you know, with Cheryl Strength. So I did a lot of like teaching, volunteering, just teaching families about healthy cooking. And then that launched into me going into the school systems and doing it there, that program of Cheryl Strength, and then independently doing the same thing. Um, so and it just. How, uh, and how's it been going for you? Uh, what's your specialty? And when you're cooking, because I love the name of your website, A Pinch of Salt. I'm a big believer in salt. I'm one of those people that people say, oh, not too much. But so I love the name of it. How did you come up with it? And what exactly does it mean? Good. Thank you. Um, So A Pinch of Salt just came from a a few things. Well, salt being such a necessity in the kitchen, right? It enhances uh, not only savory food, but sweet food as well, right? So it's an essential Um, And so in teaching, you know, essentials in cooking, it kind of related to how that came about. Um, Also, the idea of calling it a pinch of salt. Again, there's a certain thing as too much. Um, And so there was a health aspect to the name, you know, where it's it's knowing how to feel comfortable in the kitchen, but also knowing, you know, we need flavor. But how do we do that and still be mindful of our diets? Right. So it's a little bit of that as well in the name. Now you, you know, you, you, according to your website, you're really big on healthy eating yeah. and teaching families 
how to cook healthy. What do you do when, say, you're talking to a guy like me who's not very good in the kitchen? I won't lie. I can cook for me, but I'm not inviting anyone to eat with me because they're going out afterwards and buying a real deal. So uh, what do you say to uh, people like me who just, you know, cooking is just a problem. Where do we start? You start by, I like, okay, so we start with buying food that makes sense. So it starts at the grocery store or even starts before the grocery store, you know, like really uh, getting into the discipline of even writing a list, right? Because otherwise we get distracted in the grocery store. If we go hungry, we've learned of these things, right? That they all influence our shopping experience, even the time right. of day. You know, if you go first thing in the morning, you might find you're at a more calmer ability to kind of maneuver the store a little bit differently. And again, it impacts your decisions, right? Because if you're doing last minute shopping for a family, you might quickly gravitate to something that is more unhealthier, right? So okay. being mindful of those things, I would start there. But also, you know, where are you shopping? If you're shopping at a local bodega, which is a reality sometimes, sure. right? I mean, I, I grew up, you know, knowing local bodegas in my neighborhood, you know, and sometimes you have to grab stuff. But again, the convenience in that means that there's also convenient food. So right. there's, there's unhealthy choices, you know, so... Thinking about the type of markets, are you going to farmers markets or even seeing what that's like? What is so thinking about, you know, how to make that experience more enjoyable for yourself? And if you're not one to really necessarily enjoy a, a market, are you doing it then a way that makes it more enjoyable? Because maybe adding it to your cart and just picking up might still make you do healthier choices and stay streamlined um, than, you know, walking aimlessly through the aisles of a supermarket. Well, let me ask you a question. Um, what would you say? Let's just say I want to make collard greens. Just say mm -hmm. I want to make collard greens. What do I do to make sure that my collard greens come out good? Because sometimes I make them and they're, you know, mushy, mm -hmm. you know, and so forth. So give me a tip on how I could bring collard greens to life. Gotcha. And it's funny because I've worked with an organization called Project Longevity, and we did this at Blessed Sacrament Church, where I actually I'm had to do very much aware of Project Longevity. So yes. thank you on behalf of those yes. citizens. So what did you do? Um, so we did collard greens. And yeah. again, thinking about, yeah, because it was, you know, true to the actual day and the celebration and, and it's it's soulful. Um, but changing out. For instead of ham, we went with turkey necks, right? And so that was a nice way of kind of making it not necessarily a little bit healthier, but yeah, a little bit healthier, a little mm -hmm. bit more, um, um, a little bit more healthier, I would just say. Um, also blending the greens, not only were there collards, but you also, you know, I put in kale as well. So again, it's another nutritional uh, element, right? Uh, still in the green family, something that's hearty enough that can take some of that cooking process. Um, but then also, you know, a lot of the times culturally, uh, we grew up with our parents cooking food to quite an extensive amount of time where, right. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so it takes time to change your palate to actually allow the ingredient to take on a texture or maybe allowing the ingredient to speak a little bit for itself. Mm -hmm. So with collards, you know, sometimes people do it for a very long cooking process, which is fine. But then there's a lot of the nutritional value that we know we lose when we're cooking something for an extended amount of time. It goes into your liquid. Right. right? So 
thinking of ways where maybe we don't need that all, all that time uh, there and still pumping up the flavor. So maybe using broth when you are actually cooking down your greens as opposed to water, right? So oh. yeah, little things where, you know, where we might add more maybe aromatics. It, I don't see collards being someplace where we would throw in a lot of spices and, and, and stuff right. of that nature. But for instance, I add in smoked paprika, right? Into my collards. And the reason why smoked paprika gives you the, the illusion that, um, that ham or pork is in the dish. Oh, It oh, has good. that smokiness. So when I'm cooking for someone who's let's say vegan or vegetarian or just doesn't eat pork, Smoked paprika is a nice way of getting that smoky element without the actual pork element in it. So that's what I would kind of guide you on in terms of changing up the greens and being a, not being afraid to add an additional item in there that might revamp it a little bit. Don't cook things as long and, and swap out the meats, you know, into maybe healthier options or leaner options. Okay, one of the um, things that um, I run into trouble with as a uh, <laughs> as someone who doesn't cook very well, I'm kind of stuck on hot dogs, hamburgers, you know, because they're quick and easy to eat and, and, and easy to cook. But I'm wondering, you know, I get so sick of chicken wings, you know, and, um, you know, it, you know, there's chicken, steak, uh, pork, and fish. So, I mean, can you give me take one of those meats maybe and tell me how you spice it up so that your family is smiling when they sit down at the dinner table. I try. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, what are, your, what are your favorite meats? You know, what are your favorite uh, meats, you know? Yes, but one of the two goes, chicken is always, I, I know we get tired of, you know, one particular cut of meat, but that's a really great you know, I do a lot of cooking parties for large groups of people. And usually that's the the, the avenue I take is suggesting because fish, not everyone is a fish eater. Uh, pork, we know religiously, there's many reasons people don't eat pork. Uh, you know, beef, people sometimes, you know, with high you know cholesterol might be refraining from eating red meat often. So chicken just seems to be that nice, like, you know, just spot there. it is. Um, so what I think of is different techniques on cooking, so on cooking chicken. So braising, for instance, this time of year is phenomenal. So it's basically cooking something in liquid. So that can be anything like, it could be wine, it could be chicken stock, it could be tomato based, like crushed tomatoes or, or uh, diced tomatoes. It's basically allowing the natural, all the, all, all the fat and flavor of the chicken to kind of break down slowly into our liquid. So we not only we get a sauce, which is great for mashed potatoes, or maybe good if you like it over rice, or if you, you know, whatever, you know, whatever is your uh, starch element, or a piece of bread. But it's a nice way of cooking something down with little um, kind of effort in the kitchen, mm -hmm. right? Because it does the work by just cooking in the slow process. You know, frying is a great, you know, I mean, we love it, right? Everything fried is easy. <laughs> um, Crispy. But it speeds up. It, it is. But then, you know, fortunately now there's stuff like the, um, what do we call this little thing? The crisper, the little oven. The right, air fryer. The air fryer. Thank oh, you so much. Fryer. So I'm not one for gadgets, but that's actually a really nice, if you like your, your you know, certain crispy, you know, fried foods, if you will, a nice alternative where there's no too little oil being used. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, my, my brother's very big. He just received an air fryer and he's really big on it. He says it's great. I also have a sister who is a tremendous cook. Uh, her name is Shamine. I'll give it to her. She 
she can really cook. And she sends me a text. Uh, we have this group family text. And she's making braised this Lebanese rice and so okay. forth. And I'm like, and I'm looking at these chicken wings I have on my plate. She's got this whole fierce, spectacular meal. And where do you get that to go after? I wonder about I ask her all the time because she has a garden. All her vegetables are pretty awesome. much fresh and so forth. And where does that come from to spend so much time on a meal that you're going to consume in 10 minutes? I know. See, I, honestly, I don't, I don't, um, there's some people who have a natural art and love for that amount and patience for that mm -hmm. amount. I, I'm a mom of three and I don't think I've ever had it in me to really um, take that much time in the kitchen. I'm more, you know, one of the teaching, you know, the part of the whole uh, a pinch of salt thing is the essentials, allowing flavors to taste for themselves, understanding the technique and just applying. So it's more, more rapid meals, if okay. anything. Um, sometimes the work I do is in food pantries or the farmer's markets, right? So I don't mm -hmm. have the person's attention for too long. So it's like, how do I pop out a meal? So to your pop point, I, I, while I appreciate maybe a Sunday where it's raining out or snowing and you want to just enjoy the day cooking, but those come very few in my life with, <laughs> in my with life. three kids. Yeah. Okay. Hold that, so hold I, that thought mm -hmm. uh, because we're going to take a quick break. I mm -hmm. want to remind people that we are talking with Chef Raquel of uh, the website, A Pinch of Salt. She is a woman who has a varied background. Um, you've already heard she was on the White House lawn with Michelle Obama. She's been cooking in schools in New York, um, and now she's here in Fairfield County. And so I want to remind people of uh, um, exactly what she's about. I also want to give you a heads up on what we are going to be talking um, about next weekend, which is marijuana. Connecticut has approved uh, marijuana and people have responded to almost $300 million in sales in mm. 2023. Part of that law allows you as a resident of Connecticut to grow your own. We're going to have people in next week to talk about how you do that and do it successfully. I also want to remind people to head to your online bookstore, Barnes & Noble, Anchor, um, Amazon, Google Books, wherever books are sold, and pick up a copy of My Life Story. It is called Dead Windows, My Long Journey Out of Domestic Violence. And we all know that domestic violence is a major problem in households across the United States. It affects everyone, all economic, social backgrounds. This is my story of overcoming that and making a successful life for myself. Now let's switch gears, get back to Chef Raquel so she can give us more tips about cooking at home. So you were talking about the nonprofits that you uh, deal with. One of those is City of uh, City Seed, who I am quite familiar with. And so you don't have a lot of time when you talk to people to talk to them about cooking and so forth. So give me a quick um, demonstration of what you tell them when um, I appear at the farmer's market city at City Seed Farmer's Market and I ask you for a tip. What do you tell me? So I'm telling you, I'm telling you basically how to work with ingredients directly from the farm. So I come in there with no recipe in mind um, and, and, and really just do a nine, like an Iron Chef kind of feel to it. So I'm teaching you how to either work with cranberry beans, which you might see at the farmer's market and say, what are these? And yeah, how do I, I have no idea what they are. 
So they look like string beans, if you will. And then they have a cranberry kind of specked um, uh, bean color throughout uh -huh. instead of a green bean. It's, 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 it's pink in nature. And then it has little white dots or something around it. And sometimes people just don't know. So I've made a hummus with it at the farmer's market. Uh, really thinking about, you know, you're, you're tasting something. I try to make something that is familiar because I think that, you know, if I very something, yes, I, I, you need it to be relatable. So sure. if I'm used to, let's say in my household, eating rice, rice and beans as one of my staples, let's say, mm -hmm. then, you know, how do I incorporate this vegetable in something that I would, and, you know, showing, or maybe doing your own fried rice, which now takes on an Asian's maybe flair to it. If I add ginger, maybe at the market or garlic that's fresh at the market, again, incorporating these dishes, but still it's relatable because you're like, oh, that's, that's rice. And I, I I enjoy rice. So all of a sudden I get your interest in that. And then, you know, so so basically you get to sample and then you get to say, well, where do I get this stuff? And I'll be able to point you to the farmer. Right. This is actually all here, you know? Um, so I love that where it's simple ingredients, it's fresh, but it's also the teaching element of like how accessible it can be. It can be. And how are your students responding? First of all, I'm assuming that your students range in all ages. Yes. So yes, the answer is yes. So I do um, like children's programming with, you know, either Wakeman Boys and Girls Club, the YMCA, um, whole neighborhood house, a lot of like recreation, um, you know, educational um, places here in the community. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, I also then there's a there's a couple of parts, then do adults where it might be team building events, right? Your corporation okay. wants to do something fun and do that. Uh, but my real excitement is when I'm working with places like Bridgeport OIC, right? Uh, where, yeah. where there's entrepreneurs who want to get into the food business and they're, you know, the kind of like breakthrough of like, well, I know I do this really well. I don't know what licensing or permitting I need, or I don't have my surf safe certification. How do I obtain that so I can grow my business, right? And make it an actual business as opposed to something out the home, you know? Okay. Do I've just wondered, has anyone ever invited you to their house for a meal that after you have talked to them and so forth? Has anyone ever invited you and say, this is what you taught me? How does it taste? So <laughs> actually, yes. Some of them, sometimes they give me broken promises because then I'll hear back from them and they'll say, I tried it and it didn't quite taste the same, you know, Um and that's because, you know, everyone has their own hand at salt. Everyone has sure. their hand at, you know, whatever it is. But yes, I've been blessed where uh, actually a student at Bridgeport OIC, I did the serve say for, and she made, um, I did not show her this, but we talked about oxtails and how I take that on in terms of braising it and not too many spice, um, just how I do it. And she actually brought me a nice Tupperware of oxtail, <laughs> which I totally uh, consumed. <laughs> just... But but yeah, so sometimes I get I get rewarded with uh, something delicious to try at the end. So what's next? What's next with Chef Appel? What is next? That's a great question. I want to continue to um, build for entrepreneurs. I think, you know, we have to leave our marking. And I, I you know, it's funny because we do a lot of work, but the work that seems the most rewarding is like, it's like my students become my walking business card, right? When right, I sure. have... You know, Betsy, like there's a student, uh, Betsy Zampanadas, who now, you know, she has a food truck and she sells Zampanadas at the farmer's markets and you can find her, you know, throughout town. It's like, I remember her when she was just creating the idea 
wanting to open up a business, you know? So there's really great moments like that where you've seen someone transform. And I love that. So I want to continue. And that's why partnerships like Bridgeport OIC are so important because she's already geared, you know, you know, in terms of creating a, 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 a real home or hub for okay. people wanting to grow business. So it's like a natural, you know, um, connection. We're actually doing um, something with Park City Harvest. I don't know if you know those two oh. gentlemen, but they are yes, phenomenal. They so urban farmers, which I I actually learned of them through the farmers markets at Reservoir Community Farm. I actually had them on the show about two years ago. <laughs> yeah, they're yes. well, they're doing their thing. They're they're doing their thing. I mean, I love their products. Anything from candles to you know, uh, they have oils and really beautiful things. But so they're doing a growing class, and I'll be doing the cooking demos with them. And they're actually ones at Bridgeport OIC, and we're looking to expand them. So there's there's a lot of education components and partnering because we all bring something to the table. So it's about you know finding the right people. And really, you know, not not working against each other or kind of <laughs> competing, but figuring out how do we really get this message across in a positive way, you know? Stay connected. If you see me in your in, in the community, please feel free to reach out. Uh, mentorship is key. And if you're interested in never volunteering for something or really gaining, you know, some type of experience, reach out for that as well, you know? The more the merrier in one way. The more the merrier. Well, we certainly appreciate you taking the time to come on the show and, and talk with us. I'm going to definitely send people to your website and uh, get, so they can get... Actually, your website is very interesting. I, I, I will say so. Um, I'm going to send people to your website and um, hopefully we'll hear more good things from Chef Raquel. Thank you very much for being Thank on the show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate you. You've been listening to Real Talk, Real People. If you would like to be on the show, if you have an idea for the show, give us a call at 203-605-1859 or drop us an email at realtalkrealpeoplect at gmail.com. You folks have a good week and we'll talk again next week.